everybody, and welcome to Smoking and Toasting. It's the program that is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. And we are going to be talking all three in a big way today, but maybe a little extra emphasis on the fine spirits because we have amazing guests in the studio. Wait, hold it. We're not in the studio. Actually, this is this is our jungle studio. <laughs> and uh, anyone watching on uh, Facebook Live or, or on uh, YouTube uh, can see our jungle surroundings. It's uh, Pretty soon we'll have that guy come on. You know the guy... What was it at Astro World, the River of No Return? You remember that ride? Uh, yeah, where the guy comes on and makes all the corny right, jokes, yeah, and then right. the really fake-looking alligators come up out of the water, and everybody pretends to be afraid. We need to, to, to have some background stuff going on over yeah, here. Yeah, I just like stuff. to shoot outside so people in Scotland get really jealous. That's basically <laughs> what I like to do. It's perfect. David Laird and Jonathan Wingo from Balvini have joined us today, uh, so we are going to be spending some time uh, talking whiskey and the real point of today's show is going to be uh, pairing uh, cigars and whiskey together. And so uh, I think that uh, David has brought uh, the Balvini-specific the Balvini, uh, vintages that he feels like are the most easily paired. Is that what you did? Yeah. So I've, I've worked with these couple of things on different cigar events and dinners. And, and these are the ones we kind of seem to work with different styles of cigars. I see. Uh, we have the 14-year-old Caribbean cask, which has a nice spicy mm-hmm. kind of... Um, Near enough a tropical note coming through in it. Um, And then the 15-year sherry cask is very fruity. So you're getting completely different styles from one distillery. It's the exact same liquid when it's first born, and those casks take it differently. all about the casks, yeah. And um, that kind of sweet little tropical note works completely different than what the the kind of rich, robust, fruity note of the sherry cask does. So they work completely different with cigars, but it's kind of a fun project to... Let's see what works and see awesome. where we can go with it. This is going to be fun. If I have to be a guinea pig, I'll, yeah, I'll do you it. Know, we're, yeah. We do this for science. That's <laughs> this what, is what, this that's what you need to know. It's for science. <laughs> for research. <laughs> science! Uh, it is a two-show week for us. We will be uh, here on Tuesday and then back on uh, Thursday in our normal time as uh, the other Ian in our life. Uh, Ian from the Grateful Dane uh, Rum Distillery in Houston will be joining us with, a lot of fun. with some new stuff that he has. So Plus we're looking forward cool to name. that. Yes. That's a great name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we are brought to you by uh, the fine folks at B&B Butchers and Restaurant at 1814 Washington Ave in Houston, soon to be open in Fort Worth, Texas. And uh, they are very, very busy. In fact, uh, I, Jeremiah... You know, he doesn't write, he doesn't call, uh, he's just one of those guys. But uh, I told him, I texted him and said, am I just going to have to come back to the restaurant, sit at your bar, and wait for you to show up? And he texted back, yes. yes. So that's uh, so the, I'll be looking forward to doing that. You know, he's, I'm he's on one a few the, words. He's yeah. one of those guys, he, he may not write or he may not call, but when you show up, it's, not, it's like there's no time lost. That, that's absolutely true. <laughs> I love him dearly, and he is... Uh, uh, he is one of the uh, main reasons that the show and the uh, and the restaurant are, are hooked up and, and, and in partnership. So it's a so it's a wonderful thing. Those guys are awesome. Uh, also, we are uh, live uh, downtown uh, Houston. We wanted to be uh, someplace where we could smoke and work on the pairings today. Mm-hmm. So, gentlemen, thank you for joining us back in our jungle wonderland. And we are uh, we are really really psyched about the whole show. One of the easiest ways. To hear the show, by the way, is on TuneIn. Just go to TuneIn.com, search Smoking and Toasting. You can also get it, of course, uh, uh, iTunes. You can get it in Google Play. You can get it in SoundCloud. There's a number of different ways. And uh, if you miss the Facebook Live, we always repost it. You can find it on the Facebook page. We always repost it on um, on YouTube. YouTube, well. yep. YouTube's <clears throat> so up and running and available. And yes. last week when we were down at uh, El Cubano Cigars in uh, League City, and Manny Lopez was... 
the most awesome guest. He was just talking all this stuff, and Ian and I were like, "Really? <laughs> really? We were like kids." So it we did a whole amazing. bonus segment that you can only see on the uh, on the YouTube uh, thing. That is just you know, it was just him dispensing cigar information. One of the coolest things about doing this is we can take. You know, we by doing the show, we're able to bring on people who know so much more about this stuff than we do, and we're just like, wow! So it's, it's how we geek <laughs> yeah, out. That's it's how we yeah. geek it's out. It's a great archive for that too. It so really is. You, you know, go back to other episodes, see who you guys had on. That's right. I and love that. Part. If you go back just a couple of episodes, you'll see the uh, the nineteen types of beer snobs. That was pretty <laughs> ranked, entertaining. Ranked <laughs> by order of obnoxiousness. That one was a lot of fun. So, oh uh, man, that's not a Venn diagram. I feel like I would. Yeah, you'd end up less Wingle. You're definitely a no. You know, we found and number two. We were yeah, we were less of them than we thought we were going to be. Really? Yes. <laughs> yes. We we really expected to check the boxes quite frequently. <laughs> well, you know, uh, like but, like a lot of the beer snobbery things that uh, came up were the the very militant style beer snobbery people, and we're very much beer and let beer. So you know, right. yeah, 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 that's yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. Very, that's the thing. We might have our little things, but. What what works for you? I'm happy if it works yeah, for you. Right. You know, if you are really best off with the Michelob Ultra, you know that's that's good, man. Go for it. Although I will say, something amazing is happening in the news today. Amazing, you guys, beer snobs everywhere. You are going to love this. It seems like for the last year, every week when we do the show, there's been some new headline about big beer buying craft beer. Right. Right. This week's headline. You're going to love it. Craft beer is trying to buy Anheuser Busch. That's amazing, <laughs> and I'm not kidding. <laughs> so so that's on, absolutely so, amazing. So I will have the full story for you coming up a little oh, later a on teaser. in the show. Yes, it's, <laughs> that's what you know. That's what that's what we that's what they teach us to do in radio. Mm. Uh, they they told us when I was uh, you know sort of growing up in radio. They told us here's the things you have to do: always tease the next segment. And you see that record right there? Play that as many times as you can every day and do not offer any other choices. No. Nope. Those were the things they taught us to do. So. Uh, uh, but I'm not bitter. Not at all. Uh, we are going to be tasting some great beers. Uh, Moody, Moody Tongue has a new one. I believe this to be new. It's the first time I'd seen it. It's a smoked applewood gold. And Moody Tongue, as you know, does not disappoint. Their stuff is so unique. Yes. They're... Um the, ch- the cinnamon chocolate churro the chocolate porter. chocolate churro Baltic porter. <laughs> Baltic porter, yes. It's pretty amazing. Yes. Like, that stuff is like candy in a bottle. It's I feel culture just listening. That's a yeah. very, like... It's a lot of syllables, non-homogenous. really. Non-homogenous. Yeah, it's, it's bringing a lot of people together. together. To fit the name, that's yeah. the question. <laughs> yeah. And then... Just wraps and wraps. And because, right. because you guys are, are here with us today, we wanted to really allow you to embrace the Houston thing. Because we do the show in Houston, even though it's heard all, all over the world. Uh, so No Label Brewing, which is a uh, local Houston brewery, has released their Brew of H, a pale ale which is designed to honor U of H, the University of Houston. So okay. we, will be, uh, we will be tasting the Brew of H as well. And that then sounds fun. Finally, we talked about this on last week's show. It was in the comments on the, um, uh, it was comments on the uh, uh, Facebook Live broadcast. Uh, we were asked about had we ever tasted Abita, 
uh, yes. a beer to beer. So we got the Turbo Dog today. That's we'll great. That's a the great. Turbo I like that anyway. So, yep. Mm-hmm. So we'll be looking forward to that. Uh, and uh, uh, plus, how many cigars is uh, is too many? We'll uh, we'll try to uncover I that. I just would like <laughs> to add one more thing, and this yes. is for most of the Facebook people. I want to do a little dance. We're going to the big smoke. Yes, we are, <laughs> and it's very exciting. And so, okay, I will, and, and we'll we'll get into this. Uh, we'll get we'll get into the cigar pairing uh, in a moment. I promise. But I will say that <clears throat> on Saturday evening, I got a chance to go to the Stogies uh, big damn winging and winging and cigar event that they throw. I'm a little jealous. Every year. I miss that. Yeah, I've, I've been a couple of years, but I will say I was uh, I, I was. Able to hang out and meet some really cool cigar people, and got to spend a good amount of time with Nish Patel, who is Rocky Patel's brother. And uh, Nish promised me that he and Rocky will be on the show when we're in Vegas. So oh. we're super looking forward to that. That sounds yeah. so fun. So, yeah, really, really excited about it. So uh, it was a great event. Uh, I will say this, uh, Stogies, I love you. What happened to the third food truck? Those lines were way too long. <laughs> that's, a, that's the only critique I have, though. The, if that's the, the only critique you can have about that whole event, yeah. that's got to be a success. Beer was great. The cigars were great. Obviously, it's a, it is, it's a great event. So, By the way, I will be smoking today in honor of my exciting news about Vegas, uh, one of the, the Nish Patel uh, cigars from the uh, Rocky Patel family. So. That uh, sounds great. I had actually thought I was going to uh, smoke this Padron 1926. Uh, I'm still mm-hmm. thinking about it, but I was going to wait until I had a good um, uh, 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 description of the whiskeys okay, so to decide which cigar I'm going to All right, so when with. we start the next segment, which we'll be getting to in just a moment, um, we'll actually begin the cigar pairing and, and uh, the, the tasting. But we have a moment left here. Ian, why don't you explain what the whiskey sniff is and how it works. (laughs) The whiskey sniff is a way of justifying my own strangeness. One of the things I uh, have been doing for years at my house is I I have a decent collection of whiskey um, and other spirits. So I go, I choose a cigar, I go sit outside, and I smoke usually about the first three-quarters of an inch to an inch of it, which is really enough to get the flavor going, get get the taste of the cigar in my mouth. Then I go inside... And I just start popping the corks and smell which one's going to go with it. It works every time. The whiskey sniff. The whiskey sniff. <laughs> and, uh, and, and some of them you'll smell and you'll immediately go, no, that doesn't go with the cigar. Because you already have this flavor profile well, yeah. set up. And then when you find the right one, you'll go, that's, you know, that's it. It works every time. Occasionally you have two or three that smell good with it. You have to make a choice. You know, it's a little tough, but. Maybe too nerdy, but does the, <laughs> the whiskey mouthfeel ever... Um, have some. Th- I'm asking because the two whiskeys I see that David's pulled have distinctly different mouthfeels. Does that ever? It matter? can. Like some cigars can have a really big, smoky kind of uh, silky kind of mouthfeel, and that's going to lend itself to something that that works around that. Something a little lighter, generally speaking. And some cigars have a, a heavier um, kind of feel in the mouth, and that's usually going to point to something more with a little more peat or a little more... Something uh, that will stand up to it. A little sure. more smoke yeah. in the whiskey itself that right. you that you taste that'll stand up and work around those flavors. Because it's not always just trying to find, okay, well, this is powerful enough to, to at least be able to taste with this. What you want to do is find the two that actually blend well together. Yeah, you know? right. and that right. and, you usually can get right on the nose. You, can, you know, I've found that's that cool. maybe I just have the right nose for it, <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> But I'm ching. But you know, hey, he'll be here all weekend, folks. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I found that uh, that it you know it works pretty much flawlessly in my case. Of course, that being said, I mean, 
the end of the day, it's a cigar and a whiskey, which is always good. Right? Yeah, you know? sure. hard to go wrong. <laughs> All right, we'll see how right we can go coming up in the next segment. You are listening to Smoking and Toasting, brought to you by B&B Butchers. Thank you guys so much for joining us for show number 62. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. It is Smoking and Toasting. This is show number uh, 62, officially titled Pairing Cigars with Balvini. And uh, so I'm going to ask you guys again, if you don't mind, Mm -hmm. uh, to correct my pronunciation (laughs) to help me get it exactly right. Because it's it's like it's trial and error for me, so I just have to be corrected. I'm kind of like the dog, you know. If you correct me enough, I'll eventually get it. Left his like own this devices. This is going to get in your head, though, Cruz. Oh yeah, you, you don't have to worry about that. There's there's not a whole lot going on. So, uh, so oh, we we say the Balveni, the Balveni, Balveni. See, that's where I always mess it up because I always want to make it a longer e. And you, uh, that was going to be my next question: was the is that really part of the name? If if I'm getting I, it right, this has obviously the, been a discussion. Is right? the a part of the name? Is uh, it the? Yes. Yes. The it is. easy answer is yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> and to go back to your pronunciation, it depends where you are in the country. Not even just here in Scotland as well. I hear really? different yeah. pronunciations of the word. I go with what the guys say at the distillery, and they say yeah. the Balvenie. The so Balvenie. Okay. If you're making the it, Balvenie. I'm probably going to go with what you call mm-hmm. it. Yeah, I think that, um, I think that works. But with the word the, this goes back a long, long time. Way back with the general. Um, where Glenlivet actually is how it started with it used to be the Glenlivet region and so people could actually put in different distilleries with Glenlivet region in there and Glenlivet uh, basically sued or went to court to get the word the Glenlivet so they were the article so it became a very prominent thing in the whiskey world to so in be other words, the Balvenie you have to be them to be able to say the yeah. Glenlivet yeah, they, and I suppose same thing I, for you guys right? Uh, yeah, well, single malt is pretty protected in general. So if it's the name of the distillery, um, you are you get to protect that water, all of that. It's 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 very insular. Um, with that, because the whole region was Glenlivet, everybody had to drop it off their label. So we would have been the Balvenie Glenlivet, the McAllen Glenlivet. Right. So that with that the they got the the, but they also kicked every other. And when that's when Speyside came to be. That's really cool that, that your name, uh, as a as distillery, that your name has that kind of protection. So if you had, let's just make this up, if you had named something, I don't know, Sip, Smoke, and Savor, <laughs> and there was a, uh, <laughs> uh, a washeteria in oh, San Diego I'll play this, I'll play this straight that guys. did some <laughs> catering, uh, <laughs> and they wanted to challenge you on that, you probably would have won because of the protection that you're afforded being... The Balvenie. Did right? you have the in front of it? No, that was our mistake. There you go. There you go. That was our mistake. <laughs> rookie, That's what rookie so we're, we're going to immediately have to change all our flyers to the. 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 <laughs> the <smoke laughs> <and toast. laughs> uh, it works for me. And it sounds so, like, I don't know, prestigious, don't you right, think? Right, right. <laughs> all, right. Mm. all right. So, um, David, you and Jonathan, tell us a little bit about the qualities of these. You, you mentioned this briefly in the first segment. Uh, but but are th- are these the ones? Have you talked to other cigar smokers? Are these the ones that they tend to gravitate towards, or is this you saying, "Here's what I know about the whiskey"? So uh, it's more of, and I'm going to pull a little audible here. I want to see the the whiskey smell come to action <laughs> here. So I think this is, might be the way to do this and let you smell the corks and see where you want to go with it. Well, Ian, but, why don't you go ahead and light your cigar? But for we'll me, way, we've got so many different whiskeys, and the kind of joy of 
having David Stewart in charge of our whiskies. He's got all this crazy experience of 55 years, and we're able to use his experience and a little bit of his um, imagination, I guess, and he's come right. up with all these different cast finishings with sherry and rum and port, and everybody kind of goes in different directions. I like these two, um, especially because they're so far apart in the flavour camp. So it allows people to see this crazy uh, diversity we have in our whiskey rather than just, well, this one's a little bit older, so it tastes a little different. Right. These are coming in. So the Caribbean cask has this beautiful little tropical sweetness to it, a little spice. But for me, the end note on this one is chocolate and orange. So that, it has that, that kind has of deep chocolate and, o- and orange notes. That tends to work very well with cigars. Yeah, that, so that it, kind it of, pairs uh, really well. Uh, yeah. The sherry cask has a completely different flavor profile you're in a little bit more for me it's actually it's spicy as well but a different style of spice mm-hmm. you're getting mm-hmm. more into those kind of winter spices so right. it tends to pair better with a little bit more robust deeper cigars and we get a little bit more of that uh, kind of dark fruit notes coming through on this whiskey so it all depends how you like some people like to pair like for like some people like to do contrasting flavors because it works well that way um so I kind of I'm more bound towards your experience of what you like when you're smoking a cigar. Do you like something that contrasts the flavor, so you get something a little bit different, or do you like stuff that melds well together yeah, and flares well together? I would almost say compliments, but but it, it could be it could still kind of go either way. It smells beautiful. It it seems to me like there's there's a place for if if you're looking for something that complements, it might it might be that it doesn't contradict. Mm-hmm. That might be one way of uh, of describing it or it could be that what complements actually kind of fills in the holes if you will yeah. and gives you some flavors that you're not experiencing but mostly i think it's about the spirit bringing flavors out of the cigar that you wouldn't have necessarily enjoyed or or enjoyed as yeah. much and vice versa it's a very so. spiritual viewpoint. Well, it is. It is. You know, I don't mean to get all like, uh, you know, uh, you know, middle of the desert on you here. In the jungle. Yeah. In the jungle. So a couple things. Um, all of that's true. But if you think of it just in a realm of like everyone understands cooking because we've all tried it to various degrees of success. Mm-hmm. When you say tried. Sure. <laughs> You know, if you, you don't can know burn me. water, maybe you don't Dude, understand this. Let me just say, I can pop a tart, okay? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, you look for, when you're pairing foods, like, I mean, even french fries and a burger, you know, those two things go well together because they complement each other. But there are other pairings, like bacon and blue cheese, for instance, mm-hmm. that really, really work with each other and enhance the flavors of both. Or, and by the way... At uh, at B and B butchers, bacon and anything, <laughs> and when I say anything, I mean like, anything like bacon, right? Oh my god! So, uh, so what you you know what you look for a lot of times is something that not only doesn't clash because that's you know that's a good starting point at least, but you're looking for something that actually brings out different flavors in each other, you know? Because mm-hmm. when you find the right whiskey with the right cigar, you end up with uh, an experience that's better than both of them. You know, because they really, they really complement each other, and you might taste uh, flavors because of the way the cigar uh, is hitting your palate. You might taste different flavors in the whiskey that you wouldn't normally get, okay. and vice versa as well. So they can really bring out different things, and 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 it's an infinite variable. I mean, it could be, you know, five different whiskeys go well with the cigar, and sure. they all bring out different things. You know, uh, uh, to that point, do you get say midway through, and as your cigar 
is warming and shifts, are you bold enough to go back to the whiskey sniff, pick another one? Absolutely. Just stay with yeah. it? Absolutely. So, uh, well, what you know at that point is you know this one works. Oh, but sometimes right. you just want to go, you mm-hmm. know, hey, what else, you know, goes good? Because your palate's changing, too, you know. It's like, it's like when you have spicy food. You know, the first bite's really spicy. Uh, and then after <laughs> after a while, you're you're okay with the spice, and it doesn't feel as right. spicy, you know. Because you're so worried about the sweat and the tears. And <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I eat pretty spicy food. So. <laughs> well, I, th- I think that's important though, because um, for a couple of reasons. The first is that a cigar, depending on the cigar, can change dramatically. I find that some of the cigars that I enjoy the most, it's not until about midway that you really begin to get all the complexity together. And that can make you think, hey, this is worth pairing it up with something different. Plus, with any luck, the one that you poured yourself initially is empty at that time. Yes. And so it's time to pour a second <laughs> yeah. one anyway. Yes. Might as well go back. So There's always I, more. I, I'm about a half inch, almost yeah. three quarters of an inch into the You're cigar. You're about right through, for the whiskey Right. Thing. I've gone through the initial light, and the initial light on almost every cigar is a little harsher than the way the cigar is going to taste. A little spicier, a little harsher, yeah. Yeah, you get a, you get an, uh, that initial light, which usually has a little bit more tanginess and a little more uh, spiciness right off the bat. This has gone far enough. To settle down into it, and this is a pretty complex cigar yes, overall. This is the Padron uh, 1926. Um, and just through general experience, uh, a lot of times a somewhat simpler flavor goes well with a complex cigar because you can really get the mm. complexity of cigar and things like that. But that's not always true either um, because sometimes complex flavors can go well together as, you know, as you're pairing. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to go ahead and whiskey sniff. So... I'm going to do one little thing for you. Tip the bottle all the way over first. And so let that, that way you get a good... Uh, well, you're just getting that whiskey, soaking in that cork, just lets it expand a little bit. Mm-hmm. Now have a... You can actually see it's near enough sneaking into the cork at the bottom there. I see that. And then perfect noise and radio. This is my favorite. Oh, <laughs> I love that. The best. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Now we know how to make sure we get that noise. Yes, mm-hmm. I love it. You can smell the sweetness in this, like dark fruit kind of sweetness. Right off the bat, I would say that one will definitely go with the cigar that I'm having. Okay. I think the, the crazy thing, too, is when we do these tastings, there could be 30, 40 people in there. We're all smoking cigars. We're all at different levels of whiskey knowledge, cigar knowledge. And it's never universal. No, it's That's absolutely not. the thing. So this is it's very personal what you think works. Well, and this is one of the reasons that the first event, and it, it will likely not happen, I think, until next year sometime, but the first smoking and toasting event that we do is going to be called the Whiskey Sniff, and it'll be <laughs> built around people having the opportunity to come in to our event location. There'll be some food, of course. Don't mind if and, I do. And uh, then we'll, <laughs> I don't mind we'll let them light their cigar, uh, have a few cigars for them to choose from, mm-hmm. let them light their cigar, and then we'll have you know, bartenders standing by with open bottles of, uh, of whiskey for them to be able to sniff and see what goes with. Yeah. So that'll be the idea behind our first big... Little big smoking and toasting event. This so. came from my brain. Yes, I love it. it. Did. <laughs> well, actually, just the whiskey sniff came from my brain. The whole event came from yours, but well. I appreciate that. So uh, the the um, Caribbean, the fourteen year Caribbean cask, is what won my whiskey sniff. And here, this is a funny thing. I almost always default to anything sherry cask because mm-hmm. mm, sherry cask mm-hmm. is that the sherry cask one? Yes. Yeah, that's the fifteen. And and uh, you know this. 
felt like it's going to stand up to the complexity of that cigar. We'll talk about more about it later. Yes, and not to uh, create artificial drama, but we'll talk about it as we <laughs> begin the next segment. This is Smoking and Toasting. Welcome back, welcome back. It is Smoking and Toasting, brought to you by B&B Butchers and Restaurant on um, Washington Ave in Houston, opening soon in Fort Worth. You were mentioning you guys are headed there uh, very soon, yeah, aren't you? We yeah, we have, um, when there are meetings, it is yeah. <laughs> nice to arrange them at friends' places that you want to go sure. see. So. These are the meetings my uh, my wife doesn't believe is my work. Busy, babe. I was, uh, really if she's watching today. Facebook Live and seeing the the jungle motif here, <laughs> you know you may you may yeah. not be scoring working any hard. She's yeah. the one person that gave us a thumbs down. That's like yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> that? frowny face. Why do we have a frowny face? <laughs> All right. So mm. in the uh, in the break, I did take my first little tiny sip of the Caribbean cask, and uh, you know. I'm, uh, you know, we haven't even tried the other one yet, but I believe you've picked a winner here because so, this is really wonderfully marrying with this, and I'll talk about that in a minute. Well, what I started to say a little while ago is I, I almost always default to anything sherry cask. It's it's just delicious. It goes so well. It's a great way to finish the whiskey. Um, but when I smelled the two, uh, after after having my cigar, the, the sweetness in this... Um, was so pronounced and just felt like it would go like you know like mouthwateringly with this cigar. Mm. This smelled great. There's nothing wrong with that, but it didn't have that same reaction uh, just from the just from the you right. know just from the nose. Yeah, the, so, sherry, the sherry cask is a much it's a more deep kind of a dessert style of sweetness rather than mm-hmm. a little bit more vibrant on the 14th. And, and I, I always think it's the 14 is that beautiful one because it's. It's flavors that people recognize. Well, it's chocolate yes. and orange. We don't have to describe like stewed fruits and, <laughs> and heather. And I'm like, does people even stew fruit anymore? I don't even know if that happens. Uh, notes of fig leaf and duct tape. Yeah. What, are you, what are you doing, honey? I'm just stewing some fruit. <laughs> yeah. I just went back uh, to the 1940s. Is one. I would mention as someone who um, is is mm. a, a bit newer to the world of uh, of amazing uh, single malts than Ian is. Uh, I come from more of a rum and a tequila mm-hmm. background, and I will tell you that the Caribbean cask is the perfect, if you are a rum drinker, if you're used to drinking really good, really top shelf rums, and you want to branch out and learn whiskeys, couldn't be a better place to start, I think, because yeah, that's a, there's that's some a great very whiskey. familiar, I, I, I yeah. almost wanted to say it almost had rum notes to it, but what I'm what I'm describing, I think, are... Some of the same notes that are familiar to me from some of my more favorite uh, age rums. So one of the uh, like now that I've gone a few sips back and forth here, one of the flavors that I'm really getting that I didn't get on the nose, but I'm getting now that I'm drinking it is banana. Actually, mm-hmm. there's a substantial yeah. amount of banana. Like I said, that dark fruit kind of flavor, but that banana is really coming through. And I don't know if it's the cigar reacting with it or if you just get a lot of banana in that. You're, you're nodding. Yeah, banana is um, a big malt note, usually yeah. expressed in American oak. Um, so this, the Caribbean cask, it is finished in rum cask, but both of those are American oak casks. And for some reason, we see malt um, and also wheat really express banana notes. So if you think like of a... Uh, what is it? Anger, the um, like a some, Anger, yeah, or, some Weiss or Vice, uh-huh. where you get that kind of clovey banana mm-hmm. nose that comes through a lot. In, not just um, our 
finished whiskey, but new make, it comes through um, in a lot of folks' uh, wash, which is kind of our version of beer. It's beer mm-hmm. without hops that we all, all distillers have to make. And I, I love that that carries through. Um, so it's interesting. Does, do you think that maybe that cigar is either... Uh, pairing with other notes that's making that shoot up or is it coating other notes like why do you think that's coming out i you know i'm not entirely sure this is like i said this is a pretty complex cigar and a lot of what this cigar has going on there's a lot of cedar notes to it so i'm wondering if that is uh making the uh mellowing the uh more wood kind of notes in this Hmm. and letting that banana come through a lot because usually, especially when I drink it straight, I usually don't get a lot of the banana notes in a whiskey unless I put a lot of water in it. And I've put no water in this so far. Um, I want to come back to that because it was at uh, um, one of your events, Jonathan, where I really learned more than I had ever known about how much you can change the, um, the flavor uh, that you're getting out of what you're drinking with. Uh, adding a little bit of water or a little more water, um, and uh, I don't know if you remember this it was an event at B and B, and you brought out the thirty year, and I was being blown away by trying this thirty year old uh, uh, scotch, and then then we put a couple of drops of water in it, and I was like, oh wow, somebody drive me home not because I've had too much, but because <laughs> I'm like on sensory overload. You <laughs> My know? desert island whiskey. Seriously. It, yeah. Wow. The one if I had to you go know? one place, I'd be a, We have some water here, guys. This yeah, is, uh, if you want to open that The crazy that thing with the bit. water on this one for me, and everybody's a little different, people think it's going to mellow out. It actually brings out more spice notes. I was just about whiskey, to say, I which just... Is counter to what people would think it would do. I just put a couple drops of water in mine and immediately got that quote-unquote Caribbean spice mm-hmm going on like just opened right up i still have the banana underneath it this it it almost drinks like a rum with mm. a with a whiskey mouthfeel as strange mm. as that may be this also like you asked earlier about the mouthfeel this has got a substantial amount of oiliness and um and sticks to the mouth so to speak in a great way so i think that works well with the cigar in this particular case too Ooh. One thing that I'm curious in uh, when we talk about mouthfeel, and especially when we jump to the other whiskey, um, because this is mostly American oak, which gives you a lot of that oiliness, this is going to be very coating. Yes. Whereas um, the sherry cask whiskeys, and I wonder if this is maybe the affinity to it, it, it gives you that familiar tannic pull that you get in wines that mm-hmm. will really, you'll start to feel it around the outside. Right. So I wonder if that plays a little bit of like where the smoke's coming through, what oils are coating, does that come, does it get pulled off with the tannins or i don't know the possibilities are endless you could be doing all <laughs> yeah. these things it's like you have, you have this look on your face like i don't know let's try it yeah. and that's the, that's the fun thing with cigars and whiskey i mean you you go down that rabbit hole and before well, you know it you're absolutely you're a whole bunch of things and you mentioned having cedar notes in the uh, padrum uh-huh uh, i'm getting no cedar at all out of this nish patel what i'm getting instead is leather earth chocolate so a very different kind of smoke experience but pairing up i feel like just as well as what you're describing particularly now that jonathan opened this up with a little water it makes the uh, you mentioned it having almost uh, drinking more like a rum mm-hmm. once you uh, once you uh, pour the water into it what's interesting about that is i can take in a little more of the balvini and then it, it allows me to contrast this, the whiskey and the cigar a little more, or 
not contrast is the right word because it's a complimentary thing, but I can sort of match up the flavors a little more because I can take a little more of the whiskey and not necessarily have the same the same heat that that I had before sure. a couple of drops of water. Uh, really an amazing, almost amazing that it's the same bottle of whiskey. Right. <laughs> you know? And what's funny is we've talked this long about the whiskey, and as far as I can tell, we're still interesting. That's a very complex flavor <laughs> going on right well, there. Well, no, you're right. That's the, the good news is we have we have a lot of good stuff to talk about. Yeah. Right. You know? I mean, that's... That's that's the way that it, that it's going down. Now we do have some beers to taste, so let's figure out what we want to do next uh, in the next segment. Do we want to now move while this is fresh in our taste bud memory? Do we want to move now to uh, the single barrel sherry cask fifteen? I say we do a palate purposes? cleanser. Okay, that let's that do works a palate for me. cleanser and then open the sherry cask and try it with the same cigar. And see what the flavor profile is. Uh, being as it's the one I didn't choose with my cigar, I'm interested in that as well. Yeah, that's absolutely that's that's a great idea. And I am absolutely. I, uh, let me just say, holding this up the camera, recommended with Maduro cigars. Hello, that's fantastic. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's just, a beautiful thing. If I said anything short of "Wow, that's amazing," <laughs> let me go back and rephrase. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. I mean, it really is. And it's a, what what does a bottle of this Caribbean cask uh, retail for approximately? Um, every state's a little bit different. Uh, Wingo probably be able to help you out with Texas, but seventy five, seventy nine, run about okay. that. So, run about that so you don't have to spend north of a hundred dollars to get this kind of an experience that's pretty amazing cigar. Yeah, and that is really amazing and that I, is really amazing and you know what else i want with this i want cookies with this one <laughs> <laughs> like i bet cookies, complete like, devolution <laughs> <laughs> and i want to lay in the sand yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i want an umbrella I wanna, in my drink i want to yeah. go on a long walk down the beach <laughs> and and <laughs> someone fanning me with a with a palm frond <laughs> would be nice uh while all of this is happening okay so we have uh, some beers to taste. We'll taste a couple of beers in the next segment, do a little palate cleanse here, and then we'll be back in our final segment. We'll be uh, trying out the sherry cask, and I'm, I'm just really curious as to how these are going to contrast uh, yeah. with these cigars. So uh, this is, this is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we are brought to you by B&B Butchers and Restaurant at 1814 Washington Ave in Houston. We are live uh, out in the middle of the jungle somewhere and enjoying... Um, Pairing cigars with the Balvini. How'd I do? Nailed it. Oh, Perfect. Oh, oh. All right. Well, we better just go ahead and wrap up the segment <laughs> because I'm not going to get <laughs> it's any, not any better than that. that. Yeah. All right. So we'll be back in a moment. This is Smoking and Toasting. Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting. We are excited about. Uh, today's show because we are with uh, <laughs> David and Jonathan from <laughs> Wow see and I was going to get the name exactly right and then you opened the beer see I knew it was going to get in your head Chris. yeah it is it's in I, my head I was timing that the, the Balvini yes I don't want to I don't want to get ahead of myself but I think I may have this one <laughs> uh, we're really excited about doing this tasting here today and we're going to be tasting some great beers and while Ian is pouring craft beer lovers Gather around the radio, my friends. Place your hands on the radio, if necessary, because we're about to take it back. Take Craft Back is seeking $213 billion in the largest crowdfunding campaign ever attempted. 
the Brewers Association, which is the not-for-profit uh, organization that represents America's small and independent brewers, has announced the community's intent to take craft back from big beer. It's the hashtag Take Craft Back campaign uh, launched at their website, TakeCraftBack.com, and it's looking to crowdsource the funds to buy Anheuser-Busch InBev. Brilliant. The, it, that, of course, is the international conglomerate that's been busy acquiring a lot of small breweries across the country. Uh, in fact, 10 of them over the last uh, couple of years. So um, Andy, who is the spokesperson, no last name, just Andy. There's a video. <laughs> it's wonderful. You have to watch it. Uh, Andy says, um, he's an avowed lover of craft beer, by the way, which that's Makes his sense. qualification. Yeah. Uh, uh, he says, you know, uh, they've quietly acquired 10 small and independent breweries, but they won't tell you that on their packaging. Uh, just try to name all 10 without Googling, he says. Big beer creates an illusion of choice, but we're presenting them with, with a reality check, and hopefully at the end of the day, a real check as well. Uh, uh, independent craft brewers refuse to be muscled out by big beer, and we are uniting on an unprecedented scale. Uh, the crazy thing about this is, as much fun as they're having with it, they are actually serious. So here's the way it works. If you go to uh, TakeCraftBack.com, you can pledge. No pledges will be collected until they reach the $213 billion. So you're not, like, throwing your money away. If they don't make it, your card never gets charged, right? right. But... If they make it, then you'll be a part. Oh, and you do get some cool swag and, and all of that stuff. So, <laughs> uh, so we'll uh, put this in the show notes, but uh, takecraftback.com, if you want to be a part of this movement, wouldn't it be amazing if it actually worked? That would totally be amazing. <laughs> How much do they need? $213 billion, that's all. It's nothing. Really. That's, yeah. yeah. Yeah, small country. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I totally want to go there. We'll have that link up, I'm sure, on our program. The NFL spills that in a day. Uh, you know? <laughs> I have to tell you something. I, I've done my research now. Yes, uh, as you are fond of doing. This smells amazing. Yes, like the nose on this is so good. And by this, he means the moody tongue. The moody tongue. Yes, yes. this is the moody tongue smoked applewood gold. This is a five percent by volume made in uh, Pills in Chicago. Moody, we've had a couple moody tongue uh, uh, brews on here before. This is amazing, isn't it? Though, and what's interesting about it is because I know you, you're a fan of those bigger, more full, more more robust kind of beers. You're the barley wine guy, for God's sake. Yes, yes. Well, this is <laughs> that. one of Love the those. lighter and more refreshing, almost summery kind of beers that we've had on the show in a while. But wow, it packs some flavor. This. Has so much flavor, but such a nice light feel to it. It it has such a light feel to it. It's almost like one of the uh, one of the macro brew kind of like it just is there and it's gone. Except for those don't a lot of times have much flavor. This is amazing right off the bat. That applewood smoke. I, yeah, yeah. I can't believe the smoke is um, going. Usually with smoked anything, you take it, you taste it, and then you when you exhale, it's all smoke. It's, and yeah. this is so dry and crisp. There's almost a, uh, almost a chocolatey or a malty kind of smell to it in well, with yes, there as well. I, I think it's why it works because I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. This is the first time I've ever had a beer that you could describe as smoky that I have liked. It's, yeah, wow. this is fantastic. You know, I, I've I've tried some others, and I appreciate what they're trying to do, but they're not to my taste. This I think is fantastic and. 
how many I'm of these act, do I'm we blown have? away by that. Yeah. You have directly influenced have? Moody Tongue's uh, sales. I will be buying because some of that. Because you will be buying yeah. some after the show today. <laughs> Apple, <laughs> See, I have... Are you familiar with Applewood? Like, have you had? I've cooked with us. Like, Applewood smoked, yeah. smoked bacon. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bacon I, seems to be a recurring theme, by the way. On the right, show. right. It happens a lot for us. It's a good, if you were to recurring theme, yeah. that would be a good one. Sponsored uh, by Bacon. I, I'm going to do a spin-off of this show just called Bacon. Anyway, Bacon, like I N with that apostrophe. Bacon. Yeah. Uh, bacon and Bacon. Um, I think this runs um, for like beer nerds. Uh, that kind of rock beer, Roush beer. That that beechwood smoke. Yeah, uh, this runs that that bacony path, but right. not. It's not there. It's it's. I didn't. I wonder if that's a particular thing to Applewood. They're like, oh, we can get that same flavor, but not have that. It's mouth so coat. clean. Yeah, like it doesn't leave a lingering smoky flavor. It just has a smoky flavor. To our friend Jeremiah at B and B Butchers and Restaurant. Yes, who's on the show regularly, one of our dearest friends, Jeremiah. You got to put this in. B and B because I've got to try this with a plate of your bacon. That's, that's <laughs> I'm right. serious. I'm totally serious. <laughs> that's uh, you know, and I sometimes worry. Like you know, we like a lot of beers on here. Occasionally, we come across something that I'm not a big fan of, or you're not a big fan of. But uh, just in our defense, pardon me. Just in our defense, um, we do like beer, and so yeah, almost all beer yeah. is good beer. For almost, me, that's the- amazing. The nice, it's the clean kind of citrus finish on this mm-hmm. that I like a lot. Especially, mm-hmm. I mean, we're uh, enjoying a little midday fun right here. Yes. And uh, that, this beer is just perfect for this time of it really what's is. happening right now. It Sitting really outside is. in our little jungle studio. It's uh, <laughs> Now, this it's one working is going well. to be different because this is a pale ale. So we're venturing into a completely different beer territory here. Plus, it's obviously unfiltered, as you can tell uh, by... Ian pouring these things. So it'll be interesting to see. And by the way, we didn't mention it specifically. Totally not scared of cloudy beer. Yeah. We didn't mention it specifically, but that Applewood Gold, wonderful with the cigar. Absolutely wonderful. All of those notes complemented just beautifully. Thank you. So I can remember a time when I drank beer without talking about notes. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. And maybe that makes me one of those 19 types of igno- uh, obnoxious. Beer snobs. I think you're doing everyone who's watching and listening a f- uh, 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 favor, right? Well, we, we have to. We, we watch have cooking to, shows all the time. Right? Right? We have to talk about the flavors because, you know, you can't you taste can't them go, on the radio. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> <laughs> you're <laughs> welcome. <laughs> good. Uh, I like that. Beer, I'm for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we actually, I mean, I run into a lot of stuff with the whiskey and different things like that, but people taking it way too serious. They do sit yeah. nose and taste it. I mean, we're outside. There's a pool over there. We're using plastic cups well, because we have to. We're outdoors and things happen. Don't take it. The whiskey and the beer is way more important than the glassware and the, well, taking it way too serious. I'm reminded, actually, of uh, Anthony Bourdain and your uh, uh, the, the special thing that, that you guys uh, showed at one of the events that I went to. where he All craft makes, trainings. Yeah, where he, he's not the, the big – he thinks people take craft beer way too seriously, and he makes the joke about, uh, you know – Oh, so awful that he didn't get to taste the Mumford and Sons IPA. <laughs> and we actually we actually say that quite a bit on the show here. We get to the end and go, we ran out of time for the Mumford and Sons IPA. <laughs> we'll have to get to that next week. So, uh, Ian, you've done your research? I have done my research. Talk to me about Brew of H. This is from No Label, which is one of the cool, really independent breweries in the greater Houston area. 
Yeah, we've uh, we've actually reached out to them. I think our, our schedules never uh, mesh. We probably need to go ahead and reach another hand out to them. Uh, they make some pretty nice beers. They really do. Um, this is pretty good. I don't think this pairs well with the cigar, but I think on its own, it's a pretty outstanding uh, beer. It's always a tough thing for me because I am a fan of hoppier beers. Ian's the malt guy. I'm the hops guy. I love a good IPA. I love a good double IPA. But those beers, I struggle sometimes with cigar pairings because the bitter notes from yeah. the beer don't always match up. They they bump heads with some of the uh, flavors of the cigar. Cigar aside, what's interesting about this is the malt profile in this uh, is right at the end of the at the end of the uh, flavor profile, mm-hmm. and then right after you get that that sweet malt profile, you get this bitter hops kick. That comes up right after that, even and finishes the beer. It's actually pretty entertaining to drink. It really because is because of that. You know, if that makes any sense. Yeah, and it's a pale ale, right? Yeah, so this is a right. It's not. It's an a IPA, very complex it's a pale, pale, pale ale, ale too. And I, the nose, I, if you put this in front of me, just the nose, how fragrant and big those I, those hop notes mm-hmm. are, I would probably lean towards IPA until you get the malt. Right. But then you're like, oh, okay, this is a pale ale. And then the hops it come back. It, you're it, like, wait the, a minute. The nose bro. is very what floral. What are you doing? Yes. Yeah. 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 It says on the bottle, by the way, Brew of Age Pale Ale is inspired by our friends at Brewheart Apparel. And it gives their website, brewheartapparel.com, and then says Go Cougs. So this is definitely <laughs> designed to honor uh, the uh, University of Houston. I, for me, it's a... Uh, the other side of that, this is a perfect pairing with the whiskey. You know, you're I, right about that. I, see, I haven't gone back to the whiskey, but I I've, bet uh, it matches up. Whenever I'm doing beer and whiskey together, I, we get asked all the time, what's the right way to do this? And I go double ends. Challenge I accepted. go either the dry European Kolsch Pilsner area right. or that hop here. Or the very hop this, this, yes. this hop level right no, here this is This is wonderful. Perfect. I just Not overpowering the palate. Yes. It's just a nice little balance. And it kind of cleanses the palate in between the whiskey tasting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've always found that the the kind of nut brown and the stouts, it's near enough, it, it's too much of a contrast against the whiskey. It doesn't and work as well. Interestingly, those generally work really well with cigars. Mm-hmm. Right. So it, it's a... Uh, it, it, it's a bit of a quandary if you're looking to do all three. Going yeah. back to the whiskey, we can find ones that work. Oh, yeah. We can do a three-way. Oh, yeah. It's interesting how the whiskey actually tames down some of that hoppy snap mm-hmm. that the beer has, and really does work well together. You're absolutely right on that. Wow. Yeah, so, this has been a, a very interesting uh, segment because I love talking beer with whiskey guys. <laughs> to me, that's such a an interesting because first of all, you aren't like. Uh, in the least uh, put off by our discussing it in some of the same kind of ways that you would discuss uh, a whiskey in terms of the notes and the and the flavors and what have you. And there are some beer guys even who are still like, yeah, yeah, whatever. I like the malt. I like the hops. What's what's the next beer? You know. Uh, but you guys really, really, I love the way that you'll break it down the same way that that you break down the, uh, the whiskey. So that's. That makes for a good segment for me. Yeah. <laughs> hey, look, we're in the middle of the jungle someplace. We're having um, amazing beers. We're having really good cigars and the Balvini. And we're just like, <laughs> I mean, life doesn't get a whole lot better than this. Yeah, this is, this is a good day at work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, we are going to take uh, our final break here, be back with our last segment, where we're going to get into this uh, sherry cask and see what this one is all about as we pair with cigars, and we may have to actually go back to the uh, 
Caribbean too, just to contrast the two of them side by side. I, I don't know cigar. if I can handle that. Very uh, sacrificial I guess, work. We're I guess for the for the good of the show, for I the can good do of that. The show, it's science. Science. There, it's science. Yes, absolutely. NASA's right up the street. We have to do our part. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you are listening to Smoking and Toasting. On the beach in Hawaii. Welcome back to Smoking and Toasting. Wanted to mention that we are. Uh, now, I think pretty consistently, all the shows are on Facebook Live. We have a uh, when we're not in the studio like today, we have a, a mobile setup, so we don't have all the fancy camera angles, and they can't do that thing where they make my face actually look handsome. But uh, but it's still it's still worth watching because you get to see what the show's all about. No, when, uh, we're, when we're on location, we just use my giant iPad. Yeah, yeah. Everyone hey. makes fun of me for the size of my iPad. Well, it 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 is. It's special. It is nice to know that <laughs> it's if, noticeable. If the jumbotron were to go out at NRG Stadium, I just I just want to point out it's anybody, bigger than my first TV. <laughs> anybody who says size doesn't matter has a small iPad. Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> so we've been getting some great as we do Facebook Live. We've been getting some great uh, uh, comments and shares and stuff. And uh, you were just mentioning actually during the break, uh, Jonathan, that uh, that Tim, one of your one of your like regular. Uh, fans had posed a question. Yeah, Tim Burkhardt, he's a colleague of ours that lives in uh, St. Louis and was asking something um, to, to share with someone else. And he clearly was watching because he's like, I didn't know if you could just work that into your <laughs> radio segment. <laughs> no, no, Tim. Well, this is your opportunity if you wanted to go there. So uh. uh, He's he's actually uh, asking about a whiskey that um, we were talking about earlier, the 30-year-old. Uh, it's a... We... Here we have an example of a finished whiskey and a single barrel whiskey. The 30-year-old is a little different in that um, it's uh, American oak and sherry cask growing up independently and then get married together at the very end. So it's a it's a little bit of a departure. It's a very traditional style of maturing whiskey, but it's a little bit of a departure from the two things that we So It's amazing, by the way. 30-year-old? Yeah, oh. it's, it's amazing. Yeah, it, it's unbelievable. We keep saying it like I'm going to pull some 30 out. It's not happening. It's not happening. Right now. Uh, you know, if, <laughs> if you guys have an extra bottle. If we say bottle. it again, would it? Uh, uh, no. It's not um, like Beetlejuice if you keep saying <laughs> it up here. Uh, what, what is the actual definition of finished whiskey? What does it mean? If, if you say a whiskey is finished, what does that mean exactly? I have Just in a segue, Jonathan is doing some webinars on buzzwords and whiskey, so uh, he's the perfect man to answer this yeah. question. Um, I, I have probably my favorite answer to the question and a frustrating one. There is no real definition to it because it's not regulated. Okay. So we still... It, it's it's First of all, it's interesting that within the Scotch Whiskey Association, which is kind of the regulating body to protect the tradition of Scotch whiskey making, um, there's been a lot of discourse back and forth. Um, a lot of people are happy about it. A lot of people, that, whatever, creates discussion. They are charged with keeping the tradition there. They have not weighed in on this particular aspect. Um, American whiskeys do it. Irish whiskeys do it. Um, Canadian whiskeys do it. And it kind of started with David Stewart at the Balvenie. It's for us, it is the, the concept of taking a completed whiskey, something that when it's done, it's had its life, you could pull it out of the cask, it'd be delicious. You take it from one type of cask and move it into another type of cask uh, to get a different mouthfeel. So or, from a, a port cask to a sherry cask or, yes. or something like that. It, that yes. And the, the fun part is that that is just considered a finish instead of double maturation. Um, okay. 
again, these are none of these are protected terms. These are right. just kind of. But that's generally you, what you is you, being described when you hear the term. Would it, would right. it be acceptable so when, to say like a finish is just is just a small amount of time and. In that particular barrel, just enough to impart some of the flavors. Typically, how people have done it, it's less time than in the original cask. Okay. So for us, it's super short. Like So the 14-year-old Caribbean cask, 14 is actually how long it's in American oak bourbon cask. And then it's just finished in the rum cask. It's always less than a year, but it could be four, six, nine months. It's amazing that it picks up that much flavor in that small amount I of time. I know. That's, that's because it's been 14 in the other one. <laughs> it's <laughs> mind-blowing. That's, that's pretty awesome. I, mean, I usually do the, the finish. is. It's literally the way, especially David Stewart's trying to do it, it's just trying to accent. He's right. just trying to bring a little accent of a nuance of this other thing into this whiskey, just to get a little bit more depth. It's just adding another layer or two onto this amazing depth of flavor we already have. We had Manny Lopez uh, from El Cubano Cigars on the show last week, and he was talking about the process of rolling cigars and choosing the tobacco that goes into the blend and how... Uh, we talked about a lot, but how sometimes it's just the slightest amount of a certain kind of tobacco or a certain crop of tobacco can impact the flavor so much of the cigar. And it reminds me a bit of what you're talking about with the finish. It's like uh, it's just giving it that extra little thing to differentiate this particular uh, whiskey from another and to give it its own unique sort of flavor. Yeah. What blows my mind, and it's similar to the cigar thing, is that once you've achieved that, how do you go back and recreate that? Now, obviously, you're dealing with vintages, so maybe the next ones aren't exactly the same. Well, the easiest answer is, is to have someone who's been there for 55 years. Yeah, yeah. That's, I, that's, that's the secret. That's the secret. <laughs> so I, mean, I, I can't apply for this <laughs> job anytime soon, right? is what you're uh, saying. I mean, there's, there's like a lot of great uh, new distilleries coming up. They're making amazing stuff, kind of pushing the boundaries on how right. whiskey's being made. And that's, in my eyes, that's a great thing. Some are failures, some are great successes. That's just the whole idea of innovating. Um, but there's something to be said about having somebody who's been there for 55 years. And he's not even the oldest guy at our distillery. That's the crazy part. We've got people <laughs> who've been there longer. Wow. And um, I sure hope they're passing this stuff on. And, you know, that's kind of the one of the main things I bring up with the family ownership is we could easily just go, you know what, there's a cheaper, more efficient way to do this. But we want to keep these skills and these crafts. So they've actually, every single part from malting to distilling and mashing, they're teaching new people coming through. And it's, uh, it's a lot of pride at the distillery to make sure that we're doing this this well, way. No kidding. I mean, it makes a big no difference. Kidding. So um, I want to make sure we leave ourselves enough time to not only taste and, and, and talk about pairing uh, the sherry cask, but also if we want to go back for a reminder on the Caribbean cask as well. So we're already poured. Ian, have you begun research already? I have begun research All right, already. then we'll start with you. <laughs> so I want to say vanilla. Vanilla, mm -hmm. big time. Uh, with my cigar, and I'm not sure if the cigar is influencing it, um, as uh, I've tasted the sherry cask uh, before, and it's quite delicious. I think with this cigar, this particular cigar pairing isn't the best pairing. I think my whiskey sniff was correct. This is a delicious liquid. That's not by any means saying that there's anything. Yeah. But you're talking about this particular just cigar. This particular cigar yeah. and this particular thing. Now, if, if this was the, uh, the goal, if we had this first, I would have actually chose maybe this Oktoberfest. It's going to have a little more of the chocolatey notes and things like that. Your cigar is probably going to pair better with this. I was just about to say, I hate to uh, right. run contrary <laughs> to what you're saying, but wow. 
But your cigar is also vastly different from mine. Like mine has the very cedary woody notes, and I think it covers up a lot of what's awesome about the sherry cask. So I think that my cigar is covering up a lot of what's going on here. So in this case, I would say that pairing is not the optimum. I would say, based on what I do know of my taste in whiskey, I would think I would be inclined to like the Caribbean cask a little more than I like this. But in this particular situation, with this very earthy, Maduro, chocolatey cigar... I'm going to say that the uh, the sherry cask, uh, the 15 wins, uh, uh, maybe just by a nose. Like how I did that? See what I did <laughs> yeah. with a nose? But, uh, but, but uh, seriously, uh, there's something about this pairing right. that is just out of this world. Well, and that's why it's a pairing, too, because not everything goes with everything. You know, French fries are delicious, but they don't always go with a creme brulee. You know, so, uh, well, <laughs> why would you limit yourself? Let me just let me you just say, by the way, four o'clock in the morning, my <laughs> friend. Yeah. Let me just say, if you've never had Whataburger French fries with a large Whataburger chocolate shake at four in the morning, you are missing out on one of the finer things in life, my friend. One of the things I miss from not living in the south is not having Whataburger oh, readily yes. available. We're Which, that chicken finger basket. <laughs> Ooh, country gravy yeah. First time I tasted that When I moved from Scotland I was like yeah. I'm staying yeah. <laughs> I'm in uh, So wow. we need to open A Whataburger in Scotland We I, need to buy a franchise If we opened a Whataburger Close to the distillery How do you think we would do We would deep fry Everything you <laughs> have Very well No it would do real well yeah. The Scottish I will say The Scottish cuisine In the last 20, 30 years has just completely taken off now. I will say it's a really bad reputation, and when you, people go over, that's the first thing they say when they come back is like, I had no idea the food was so good over there. Well, I was just every time I've ever seen a Scottish comedian, and I've seen several, a good half of their act is about how bad Scottish food is. You know, or, <laughs> we like or how to self everything ourselves. Yeah. That's but, one of uh, our good humor <laughs> parts. Well, you know, it, it probably is good for keeping the ego in check. Because when you distill whiskey this good, you know what <laughs> right. I'm saying? Uh, you, you, you can get a little bit of a big head about it. It almost doesn't matter what the food it. is at that point. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. I'm sure the food will be just fine. I'll have another. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, I did a touch of water to this, and if yeah, you made it, yes, it is try. literally just all Would creamy right. now. Yes. It's a creamy yeah, mouthfeel. It, it blossoms a little bit with the You're water. You're so good yeah. at doing that. And I have a tendency to over or under pour. Kind of watching in and listening in who's had the sherry cast before, this is one single barrel, and we are the only distillery in Scotland who regularly releases single barrels on, like as a part of our range. And anybody who's had the single barrel before may have had a much bigger, more robust, spicier one. This is, like, it shouldn't really be vanilla. <laughs> like, when this you, is the... When you said vanilla, I was like, man, that cigar is really messing yeah, with this that. Is the type of wood is that it? European oak is generally, generally takes you away from that vanilla. Mm. But it is vanilla. It is, yeah. And this is why we do single barrels, because... Each one is only 800 bottles. Well, and that's how much influence we're trying to go with just it. the cigar can have on the flavor of something, yeah, too. Right. That's why those pairings are kind of important. Yeah. David, what does this bottle retail for approximately? This one will probably take you just over the 100. You're probably looking at 110. Okay. All right. Is that All right. right I for think Texas? you can still find it here for like 99. Well, okay. We, right. we try so to not a bad state to buy whiskey wow. in. Of yeah. course. Of course, the one I choose, I'm going, oh, yeah, that's what that's going to cost me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, good. Uh, no, it, it, well worth it. And while we're on that subject, I would say, uh, Ian, and we do have to wrap up the show, and I want to thank you guys so much Thanks for, uh, for being on the program come today. And play in your <laughs> this is fantastic. Room. I believe we've done some really good things on the show today. We've answered some questions about how certain types of cigars 
pair with certain types of uh, the Balvenie. I've learned to get the pronunciation right. I would say really the only unanswered question, Ian, is how this Nish Patel and your uh, uh, Padron would pair with the 30-year. That <laughs> question remains unanswered. That's going to have to be another show, I think. I think it may be. So, gentlemen, you are invited back. <laughs> <laughs> I will uh, I will see what I can do. I do say the 30 years my desert island. So if we want to yeah. do this on a desert island... Hey, we I got you in the 30. jungle today. We got the jungle. I'm, we'll do the desert island. One I'm, step at a time. I yeah. will work on this, and we will uh, reconvene. <laughs> guys, thank you so much. It's been uh, it's been a great deal of fun, as it always is with you guys. Thank you uh, very guys. much. Yeah, we we love us. the whiskey, and awesome. uh, what what a day. Everybody, thank you so much for listening in and uh, for watching us on Facebook Live. And as always, cheers. Cheers. Cheers, cheers guys. <laughs>